Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Halfway through the work week, and we are back with another FizzCast breaking down our SU Top 100 list. And this time, I am joined by Brian Higgins, the voice of the Syracuse Orange, the broadcaster for the women's basketball games. And he is here to break down the women's basketball athletes on our SU Top 100 list. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time. Certainly, Jared, anytime. So we're going to, again, break down the SU women's basketball players on our top 100 list. If you want to go check out that top 100 list, go out to our website, orangefizz.net. Check out our social media pages. Twitter is at orangefizz, and our SoundCloud, again, at orangefizz. Now that we have all of that out of the way, I know I sent you this list, and uh, I'll kind of just give you the floor as we start here in this FizzCast to give me just your overall thoughts on the women's basketball players and where they stand stack up in this list before we get into any specifics well just uh looking at it quickly looks like you got six in the maybe seven if i'm counting right here in the top 100 mm-hmm. all time that's that's probably about right i i'd say i i'd say just glancing at the list at writ large i would probably shift in general some of uh, all of the women's athletes uh a little bit higher on the list i, mean, I realize it's hard to do these things but uh, obviously the top 50 is seemingly primarily football and the men's basketball players. So, you know, I'd probably sprinkle everybody in a little bit higher and uh, the other women's sports as well. But uh, I'd say if you're going to put six women's basket or seven women's basketball players on the list, these are probably the right seven to be on there. So uh, that that's at least a good place to start. Now, that's something that I've been saying too. And I, I know I just explained this, but for all of our listeners, how we got this SU Top 100 list is each of the staff writers filled out their own top 100, and then we averaged it all together. And I'm kind of on your same uh, thought train, I guess you could say, in that I think the women's athletes are a little undervalued in this SU top 100 list, uh, both men or women's uh, basketball and women's lacrosse specifically. So... Um, when you look at some of the other players in the top 50 and some of those football and men's basketball players, um, if you could drop a couple of them down and then bump up a couple of these women's basketball players, who do you think the women's basketball players, uh, if you could choose, I don't know, two or three to be able to move up? Um, And then what are some of the players in the top 50 that you think could kind of bump down the list? Uh, I mean, I loved... Mike Benajay when he was a player here, but I don't think it would have occurred to me to put him. What do you, what is he? Is that 33rd on this list? Yep. I, I don't, I mean, I love Mike and he was a great player. I'm not sure he'd be in the top 33. I'd put together of all time men's basketball players at mm-hmm. Syracuse. And that's not a slight to Mike. That's, that's because of the list here. I, I don't know if it would have crossed my mind to put him. I mean, I haven't sat down and attempted to do this, but mm-hmm. somebody like him, uh, Kadri Ismail is one of my favorite players of all time at Syracuse, but to see him at, at 24 seems a tad high for the missile. So, you know, <laughs> there, there's guys like that, and th- those are just two I've got my eyes on. But and I see, like, looking at a uh, Katie Rowan, who's the highest-ranked woman you have on here at right. 29, 
she's one of the best players in the history of that sport. Right. So for whatever that means, and you could argue if she's the best player in the history of Syracuse, and I'd probably say yes for women's lacrosse. But if that's to be the case, then I just assume she'd be in the top 10 or something of a list like this. And the same goes for Kayla Trainer, who I'd have as the uh, other uh, best player in women's lacrosse. For the women's basketball players, and, and potentially I might have both those higher than any of the women's basketball players. You, you could argue that. But the order that the women are in on here is not necessarily out of whack, though if you're looking at Syracuse only, I probably would not have Brittany Sykes as the highest ranked of the women's. But, you know, you take her, Alexis Peterson, Kayla Alexander, and move them all up 20 or 30 spots, I think we're probably uh, headed more in the right direction. Okay. Um, so now let's talk some specifics, and let's kind of go through player by player for the women's basketball. Since there's only seven of them, we can kind of do that in a in a somewhat uh, fat easy fashion so Brianna Butler comes in at 99 I think it's pretty easy to say she's the best shooter in program history do you think a 99 ranking for her is accurate uh yeah probably about probably about right I mean she uh I, I don't know if her shooting percentage stats would bear that out but that's just due to the volume she got I mean she she is the best uh distant shooter in the history of the program she set the NCAA single season records with threes made her senior season, I believe it's since been uh, broken, but I mean, she was a phenomenal all around player. And I think that's part of what, what gets lost when you talk about her. Yes. She's a great shooter. She is one of the smartest basketball players. Mm. Uh, the, the program has ever had like uh, a lot of the, the pressing and all the stuff that you think about in the years that she was there with Brittany Sykes and Alexis Peterson flying around and leading a, a crazy uh, press. A lot of the gambling they did, was allowed to work because Brianna was behind them, making sure nothing stupid happened mm -hmm. when they were out there take, taking the risk they were supposed to take, but she was able to do that. And, you know, I, I think that's about right for Butler. She's a, a great player. She was a really important recruit because I was getting McDonald's all American into the program the same year as Sykes when you hadn't had one in a few years. So that, that was important. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd say uh, just inside the top hunter probably is uh, probably about right for Brie. Okay. So then Nicole Michael comes in at 94. I want to skip over her and get to Felicia Leggetti at 92. Now, that's the conversation that I kind of – she brings up a conversation that I kind of want to have. And, obviously, she was the first player in program history to be able to get an All-American nod. But she played back way back in a kind of different sport, basically, a different game. And you always talk about uh, in men's basketball or how uh, like the three-point shooting has just changed and revolutionized the game. Uh, Felicia Leggetti played in a different type of women's basketball game compared to some of these other names that we see on our list. So do you think that a 92 for Felicia Leggetti is accurate for her SU career? And how do you try, at least in your opinion, if you were to create a list like this, um, how do you balance the whole new era versus old era? Well, I mean, you've got Felicia Leggett at 92 and Nicole Michael at 94. Like, if you're going to ask, okay, they're playing a one-on-one, -on -one, who's the better basketball player? I mean, Slinky's probably the better basketball player, mm -hmm. but... If you look at the first, I don't know what it would be, 25 years or so of Syracuse women's basketball and Felicia played late 80s. Uh, so go back to the mid-70s. And there's some other names you could toss in throughout that time. But I, I, I don't think you're going to get a huge argument that Leggett is the best women's basketball player from the first 25 to 
30 years or so of the history of the program. Hmm. So I, I don't think that's nothing. Like, now, if you're going to go out and say, okay, they're all the same age and you're playing a game, yeah, I'm probably picking the players. Well, certainly that I saw play, but I'm picking the players from the last 10 years when the program was humming and they were winning games. Like, mm-hmm. Felicia Leggett was a great player. They made the tournament, I believe it was once in her career, so and didn't win the game. And you talk about these other players, they made a run to the national title game. So how do you rank that? But, yeah, I, I'd say if you're looking at – trying to establish what is the breadth of the top 100 in the very long history of Syracuse athletics, that somebody like get probably has a spot. If you're going to ask me who's the better basketball player, her or Nicole Michael, I'm, I'm taking Slinky. But Felicia, if you talk about importance to the program, if you talk about a face that you're going to put on it for 30 years, then yeah. And I think that you also put on what she's done after. She's had been a very successful coach here for a long time and right. has a role in, at, at Buffalo down the road. So I don't, I don't think that's, that's nothing that she hasn't vanished from the stage. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with her with her being on the list. Brian Higgins, the voice of the Syracuse Orange and the play-by-play broadcaster of all women's basketball games, joining us here on Orange Fizz, breaking down the women's basketball players on our SU Top 100. And, Brian, you kind of just brought up something that I want to ask you about. And if you were to make a list like this, how much importance do you put on postseason play? Um, in the, yeah, I think you have to put some on because that means that you did something to make the team you were on successful. Mm-hmm. So you, we talk about, I mean, with the women's basketball players that beside that they all had for the most part success in the NCAA tournament that we'll talk about. And, you know, a handful of these players were all on the same team. So I, I think that's part of it. I, I think you, I think it's definitely a tiebreaker in players like that favor. Like, why why do we remember Carmelo Anthony so fondly? Like, he wouldn't have been any lesser a player had Syracuse not won the championship that mm-hmm. year. But if, if Syracuse had made the Final Four and lost, and then Carmelo went and did exactly what he did since then, he's probably not as high on the list as he would be. But mm-hmm. instead, he had one of the most indelible uh, weekends in the history of the program. And there you go. And Nello was the best player in my mind in the country all season long, and that wouldn't have changed regardless if I won the title. Mm-hmm. So things like that, yeah, you got to factor it in. But we'll get to Alexis Peterson in a bit. Like She was the best player on the court in the regional the year they made the Final Four. Like That means something. Like She was the most outstanding player in a regional with schools like Tennessee and South Carolina. And Syracuse made the Final Four, and she was the best player there. Like That means something. For one, that year obviously meant something, but I think when you look back on a player's career, stuff like that matters. Okay. Uh, Now let's keep working our way down the list. Coming in at 71 is a current player, Tiana Mangakahia. Um, It's kind of difficult to be able to rank current players just because you don't know what type of legacy they're going to leave and how the next year or two seasons or however much time they have left um, is all going to pan out. I think Tiana, if I if I remember correctly, and looking at her list, is one of three active players um, on the list. Do you think that she is one of the top three individual athletes on the Syracuse campus right now in their in her respective sport? And do you think a seventy one ranking is accurate for her? Uh, I'd say if you look at, and obviously she has a a life story which makes that question harder to answer in one way. Right. But if you look at the accomplishments she has had in her sport right now, 
and active athletes at Syracuse, then I'd say it's yeah, of course she is. That's a that's a no brainer that she's one of the best. Now, we've all been rooting her for her for the last year, coming back from breast cancer, and that story's been well documented, and she's doing great. And uh, as of this last week, is back. She's been cleared for a while, but back on the practice court, practicing with her team, and all that stuff is great. So I, I'd say at minimum, that's where she could be on the list. And legitimately, her career, and this has nothing to do with the breast cancer. Like she, I think she thought we all thought she was gone after uh, the season a couple of years ago. Like she did what she could do. She's uh, a little bit older due to coming over from Australia. I thought she was uh, going to be uh, maybe two years into a professional career right now, and then life changes, and here we are. But so I, I think she has maybe more than anybody on this list. You talk about other active players. If she goes out and does it again this season, you talk about the postseason. And, you know, fingers crossed all these things actually happen, that she could launch herself up a list like this with another big season because mm-hmm. she's already the all-time assist leader in school history. She played two years. Mm-hmm. That, that's insane. <laughs> like, if she goes out, now, who knows with health? You're coming back from a life-threatening health situation. Right. So who knows how you're going to play after that? But if she plays at the level or better than the level she did, when she was last on the court, which again, who knows, then there's no reason she can't or won't be the best player in the ACC. Right. Then you're talking about accolades like ACC player of the year and, and stuff like that. And she is going to be one of the stories in women's college basketball nationally this season because of uh, the breast cancer story. So I, I think she has an avenue to, to park herself uh, very high on the list if she comes back and uh, plays uh, as good or, or better than she did before. So Tiana coming in at 71 on our SU Top 100 list that you can find on our website, orangefizz.net. Uh, coming in at 64, the next women's basketball player is Kayla Alexander. The best center in program history, I think that's easy to say. Uh, she also had a lot of both personal and team um, accolades and success. So, Brian, at, at 64, Kayla Alexander, your thoughts? I'd say program's all-time leading scorer. So the first thought is, okay, so why is she not the highest right. women's basketball ranked player on the list? And I think that's when we go back to that same conversation. I love Kayla. She was a great player, but her teams did not have – and they won a bunch of games, but they did not have the success as the group that came after them. And she, her teams only made the NCAA tournament once in her career, which was her senior season. They won a, a stack of WNIT games her first uh, three years and got upset in the first round mm. against Creighton. And it was a game that a, the team should have won. They all knew it. And it got, a, it just the style of the game happened in a weird way. And Kayla basically by herself in the second half, put on a, a run and got him back into the game and fall short at the end. And it was a kind of a stinky way for a career to end for somebody like that. But she's the only 2000 point scorer in the history of the program. And that's very meaningful. Had there been tournament success, then I think you're putting her as the top women's basketball player on this list mm-hmm. because there's not, I, I think that's why the other two that are in front of her uh, would end up in front of her. Well, when you talk about things like this. So let's talk about those last two. And I think that they, uh, we can kind of group them in one question and one answer because they were kind of just a pairing. Like they, they went through Syracuse as a pairing and I can't, I, at least in my opinion, I don't think you can talk about one without talking about the other. So 61 is Alexis Peterson, 
50 is Brittany Sykes. So it's a two-part question. Number one, do you think that that's the order? Do you think it's Alexis uh, or Brittany up top and then Alexis below her, or would you flip-flop it? And then my second question is, um, and I think you already alluded to this, is a 61 and a 50 ranking accurate for them, or should they be a little higher on this list? I'd say they should both be way higher on the list. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I'd say based on the, the team's success over the last 10 years, that not having a women's basketball player in the top 10 or 15 is kind of uh, odd considering the success the, the team has had and right. the, the wins that they have piled up. And right. my thought is always, hey, if they're winning that many games, that it's not by accident. It's it's because the, the players and the coaches are pretty good. Right. Um, I'd say the difference here, like if you're to tell me who has had the better basketball career and who is going to have the better basketball career, the answer is Britain. Okay. And people were surprised. I was not when Brittany was drafted ahead of Alexis in the WNBA draft a few years back. Like her game is just better suited for that league. She's more, she's bigger. She's more athletic. The whole, the whole deal. If you are telling me, if you're asking me specifically who had the better Syracuse career, the answer is Petey. Like she scored more points than Britt. Uh, she was the ACC player of the year. Both of their last years, Alexis was. She led the league in scoring. Brittany was second. But Alexis led the league in scoring. She was the most outstanding player of uh, the regional up in Sioux Falls in 2016 and was the best player Syracuse had in the tournament. Now, that season turned when Britt was coming back from her second ACL tear. The season turned that year when Britt started looking like herself again. That's when the team started playing well. And I'll say this, Britt's my favorite player in the history of the program. I mean, uh, she was engaging to deal with. She's great. But if you're looking at Syracuse career only, Petey's got Petey has to be ahead of her, I think. If and Alexis was uh, was the all-time assist leader too until Tiana passed her. If you're looking at if you are counting anything post career, anything at all, like then then it's Britt because she has been great in the WNBA. I think she finished second for the Rookie of the Year first year and has continued to play well ever since. Mm -hmm. uh, has played well overseas. Fingers crossed. You never know. It looks like her knee issues are, are behind her. She was always the higher, higher level basketball player too than Alexis went healthy. I mean, her athleticism is not like anything the program has uh, seen before or since. So if you're telling me I need a player to go play a basketball game tomorrow, yeah, it's it's Britt. But if you're saying, all right, four years in Alexis's case, five years in Britt's case, who had the better Syracuse University career? Then I have to say Alexis. And that's why it, a list like this is just so difficult to be able to put together because there are so many different angles, kind of what you just alluded to, to be able to make this list. Um, now, we've gone through all seven of the players that are uh, the women's basketball players on our SU Top 100 list that you can find on our website, orangefizz.net. Now, my last question for you, Brian, before I let you go is... Who did we miss, and what women's basketball player or two or three do you think could have snuck into this top 100 that uh, we as an Orange Fizz staff missed? I don't, I don't know if uh, I'd put any. I mean, there's people in this top 100 I'd, I'd take out for certain. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it would be like, I mean, just again quickly looking at the list. I mean. God love him. Trevor Cooney is not one of the top 100 athletes in the history of Syracuse <laughs> University. Um, Brian McGill is one of my favorite Syracuse lacrosse players to cover. He was engaging for four years and uh, a pleasure to deal with. 
I, I think if you told Brian he was on this list, he'd ask you what the hell you're talking about. I mean, there's, <laughs> I, I could probably name six players at minimum at his position that I'd put on this list uh, over him, and we, we could go through stuff like this. Like, how, how do you deal with a guy like Vic Hansen, who, like, awards and stuff are named for in Syracuse history, was the best athlete in the, the 20s like, at multiple sports? He was the best football player, he was the best basketball player, he was the best. He was the best guy walking around campus back then. Is a guy like that worthy of the top hundred? I'd say yeah, but he's not there. Um, but I don't think I'd necessarily. I, I don't even know who I'd put as my next women's basketball player on the list. Like of the ones I've seen mm-hmm. in person, which is the seven minus Felicia Leggett, the six on here are who I'd have as my top six right. of the last. 15, 20 years, whatever it is. Somebody like Julie McBride, who you could talk about, she played on just mostly terrible teams. They snuck into the tournament once right. in her sophomore year in 02. But the team stunk. She graduated as the program's all-time leading scorer and has gone on to have an exceedingly lengthy pro career overseas. Could you make an argument for her? Uh, sure, but I wouldn't make an argument for her over any of the women's players that are on the list currently. Right. And uh, besides that, there's some older players who go back to like a Martha Mogish back in the early 80s who had big, big numbers. If you want to make an argument for somebody like that, uh, you could. It's That's comparing apples and toasters. I mean, it was such a different <laughs> game back then that it doesn't look like anything. So, you know, I, I'd say the main thing, and this is not a women's basketball thing. This is a women's sports thing. I'd, I would have all of the great women's athletes in Syracuse history mixed in uh, higher than they are looking at it. Right. The, the one thing here, I, I, I got to put my lacrosse hat on for a second. Go for it. Um, Mike Powell has to be the highest ranked Powell on this list. Yep. yep. If, you're, if you're talking about Syracuse only. Yep. And I, I love his, like his brothers are great guys, Casey and Ryan. And, you know, you're not going to separate them. I'd probably put all three of them in a row when you're doing this list. <laughs> Casey and, and Ryan had the same career total of points. Mike had more. Mike was a four-time first-team All-American. Mike won more national titles. And I bet with not a lot of arm twisting, uh, Casey and Ryan both had the better pro careers because Mike chose other outlets. But uh, I bet Casey and Ryan would agree that Mike was the better college lacrosse player. So we actually, uh, I had Anish Sharoff, who obviously graduated from Syracuse, now has gone on to ESPN and broadcasting men's lacrosse games there um, on the FizzCast yesterday. And mm-hmm. he made that same exact point. He said that we dropped the okay. ball there. Uh, personally, when I filled it out, I also I had Mike in my top, f- uh, rather top ten, uh, Syracuse I, athletes. I would have, time. oh, I'd have Mike in my top ten without a, a the only like not including Jim Brown as a lacrosse player. Setting that aside, right. the only Syracuse lacrosse player I would have ranked ahead of Mike is Gary Gate. Right, Mike. I, again, I did not see Gary play live. Mike, and this is not a Syracuse lacrosse player thing. Mike Powell is the best lacrosse player I have seen play in person. <laughs> and that's not Syracuse lacrosse. That's you talk about every Thompson brother. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Paul Rapel, talk about. I don't care. I don't care who you talk about. Mike Powell is the best lacrosse player I've ever seen play in person. And yeah, I'd have him. Uh, I'd have him way up the list, but uh, certainly ahead of his brothers. And it's no disrespect to his brothers, who I'd, I'd probably uh, both have a slightly higher on the list as well. Right. 
All right, well, we finish off this Fizzcast with a little men's lacrosse talk, but of course we, for the majority of it, we're breaking down the women's basketball players on our SU Top 100 list with Brian Higgins. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, I can't enjoy it. All right, if you want to go check out our SU Top 100, go to our website, orangefizz.net. Find all of our audio content on SoundCloud at Orange Fizz and follow us on Twitter at Orange Fizz. But that's going to do it for this one. Jaron May signing off. I'll see you next time.